my guest today, Will Martin, the men's basketball coach at Missouri Western. What's up, my man? What's going on? It's good to actually be in your studio. It's good to actually be able to have you in the studio. That's what I'm saying. Instead of (laughs) over the phone, I... When you texted me, I told you, you're either going to have to come to Looney or I'm coming there because I want to actually spend some time with you. I don't want to be on the phone anymore. Absolutely. You know, we talked, I guess, pretty much after you got hired and it was still part of the pandemic and everything like that. But boy, these last couple months, how has it been for you? Well, you know, you and I talked about that that current space that we were in, um, it it being such an unknown. And and who would have thought that it, even at that point, it would have turned into what it has, you know, and so... It, it's it's presented its difficulties. Um, the one piece of solace that that I tell people, whether in the sport or outside of the sport, who who ask me what it's been like, is the fact that everyone's in the same boat, and nobody had a blueprint for this. So there's literally no competitive advantage that anybody in our league or in our region or in the country could have formulated because no no one had a, a plan for this. Um, so it's been difficult. But you try to uh, keep things as stable as possible. You you try to keep everyone as connected as possible. And kudos to our players because they've led the way in that in terms of staying connected with each other, um, continually staying on message to what our mission is as a team, even when we haven't been together, finishing out the semester extremely strong when, um, you know, it it was difficult when (laughs) – yeah. You leave for spring break, and you get an email saying that spring break has been extended, and then you get another email saying you're not coming back to school, and here are four options for you to finish out the semester. And trying to navigate that as an 18- to 21-year-old kid, um, it was impressive that all of our guys were able to finish strong in the semester and really proud of that as, as a coach. Yeah, absolutely. You know, talk about staying connected with your guys, because I'm sure that's the biggest thing. You've got to stay connected. You you always brought this up when this first happened, that we, we can't have social distancing right now. It's got, It can be physical distancing, but right. not social distancing. We've got to communicate right now. Do you feel like you and your staff and, and your, your, your players have really stayed connected through all this? I really do. And, and, you know, I told you that I think that staffs all over the country in January, February in basketball are going to look back and say they either – they either used this time to, to grow closer and to get ahead of the competition in terms of staying connected with their team, or they're going to look back and say they wish they would have done something different or something more. And it's impossible to know right now if what we have done is quote-unquote right, but I do think that we have, we have worked in the margins to find ways to stay connected in unique and creative ways. And, you know, you can only do so many Zoom meetings. <laughs> yeah. You know, anyone who's listening now is probably laughing knowing that, They've been on more Zoom meetings than they would have ever imagined. No one knew what Zoom was before right. this. <laughs> and so, you know, we, we we found ways, and it, it has been difficult. But I will say, you know, social media is the language of our youth right now. So being able to have that technology, being able to have Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and being able to connect with each other on those platforms, and, and even when a coach isn't involved, just knowing that our guys are interacting with each other on that and using their voice and their voices as a, as a squad on that platform has been huge. You know, I've talked to a lot of players and coaches, and they, they've said one thing that they've really tried to do during this time is, is make, make their players smarter and, and give them quizzes, test, really test them, dive into the film even more so than what you probably would at this point in time. Is that something that you guys have done a lot of? We've done a little bit of film stuff, but honestly, not a ton, just because 
there's going to be a lot that remains the same here at Missouri Western in terms of culture. Um, there will be different concepts when it comes to offense and defense and, and the way that we watch film as a team and the way that we do practice um, now that we have a new staff. So, you know, I, I didn't want to give too much to, to our guys w- without being able to be with them first and, and then start to get a, a rhythm for what we're going to do and the, the language that we're going to speak and practice when it comes to offensive concepts and actions. But but we have we have done things in terms of, allowing them to watch individual film and, and break that down and explain to them what it would look like for them individually to be a more efficient player in any system, not just the system that we ran before, the system that we're going to run in the future. And the one thing that was different, your season had just ended. I mean, I mean so you guys had just finished playing when, when all this happened. So again, that's a little bit different than some other sports and everything like that. So, and that's, you were talking about that and I'm thinking, this is your first time as a head coach. You haven't been with your team yet. At all. That's crazy. It's, yeah, it's, you know. There's been a few guys that are still in town, but my goodness, you haven't even been with your team. I have, I have, I have worked diligently within myself in self-awareness to, to make sure that I don't, I don't use any excuses during this time, but that's tough. It's tough to be a first-time head coach and to literally not had one physical, one-on-one meeting with individual players or collective team meetings with yeah. any of your guys, so. We're navigating through it. <laughs> Will Martin is my guest. He is the head basketball coach of the Missouri Western men. This will be his first year coming up, but he's been here the last couple of years. Most folks know him. And, you know, it, NCAA came out and said Division II schedules are going to be a little bit different next year. And for football, they're going to play one less. They're going to play 10 games. It's different for every sport, but you guys are at 22. So that does change things a lot. Do you know at this point, because there was supposed to be a 22-game conference schedule Will it just be conference games? Do you know? Do you know when that will start? I'm guessing it's probably going to be later than it would have been had you played 28 or 30 games. I don't have a ton of information right now. I will say that, and I'm sure anyone in any business or at any level right now can can probably relate to this. It seems like anytime there is information, it changes the next day. <laughs> I've never been a part of anything that has been more more fluid and, and, and more um, uh changing at the minute uh we are hearing that it's going to be 22 games like you said i'm i'm assuming and 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 don't take my word for this but if you ask me what i think is going to happen i think it's going to be all all conference games because like you said we were scheduled for 22 conference um i think that for for this region um we're, we're in a region that is extremely competitive so you wouldn't you wouldn't look at it as if one region would have some type of ranking advantage over the other because if you do your job in your conference you're going to be sitting you know pretty similarly as other teams that finish high in their conference and, and other te- other schools in our region if that makes sense mm-hmm. you know there's some there's some regions where you have one conference that's extremely strong or two conferences that are extremely strong and then you have another conference that's kind of weak we have a region where every single conference is extremely strong. So I think that it would just make sense for, for us to go ahead, play our conference season, um, and, you know, see where the chips lie after that. You and I were talking b- before, you know, what that looks like for me as a first-time head coach um, in the MIAA, which arguably is, is the toughest, the best league in America. I think that the way you spin that narrative and, and the way that, for our guys, uh, they can be they can be excited about is 
you get to jump straight into the thick of the season. And, you know, last year we we started off what four and eight mm-hmm. early on. You don't you don't have a you don't have the opportunity to do that if you do a twenty two game season and you're going straight into conference. You gotta be ready to go right off the bat. So preparing for that is going to be intense, it's gonna be exciting and it's gonna be something that I think is gonna be an opportunity for our guys to kind of flip the switch in a way that they probably never had to before. The other thing that I think uh, plays in, into our hand a little bit, and I say this humbly, is that we've had a young team for the last two years, but now you got some upperclassmen, you got some guys that have, have played two to three years in the league, and they've had success in the league. So being able to jump straight into the league for us uh, is something that we should be prepared for, where there's a lot of other teams who are transfer heavy, they have guys that, that haven't played much in the league, they don't know what the league looks like, they haven't had that experience. Um, I would say that that would play to our advantage a little bit. So I'm trying to look at it as optimistically as possible. We'll play a 30-game season. We'll play a 22-game season. We'll do all conference. I don't care. We just want to play basketball, and uh, we'll be ready to go. Yeah, we're talking to Will Martin, men's basketball coach at Missouri Western. And that's the one thing, too, that I think I think that is so true because no matter what sport it is, every coach says – Freshman transfers, it takes time. They don't understand yep. how good the league is. They just they don't get it. You can tell them till you're blue in the face. They just they won't get it until they go through it. And wow, okay, now I get it. And sometimes it takes somebody else an entire year to figure that out. But you're right. You've had a ton of guys now go through it. And they saw it early in the conference schedule and then they figured that out and then they got rolling. So I think it's a huge, huge advantage for you guys to have so many guys back. And you know, when when you look when, when you look at, at this this team a little bit and, and trying to piece it together, um, are you trying to get creative? I'm sure you're thinking way too much now <laughs> that you can't have contact with your guys. So I'm sure you're running lineups out there and doing this and that. And Are you thinking too much about what you're going to do with this team? Well, I think that any, <laughs> anyone who knows me at all knows that thinking too much is, is a problem that I have just in general. <laughs> so um, I didn't know where you were going to go with that when you said, are you thinking too much? Because I thought, yes, I'm, I'm thinking too much about you asking me if I'm thinking too much. <laughs> um, y- yes and no. I mean, I, I am trying to, to be um, patient. Um, I want to see our guys. You know, I, I have a good feel for our guys, obviously. I'm excited about Dalton and Justin um, and Q to, to, to get here so that I can I can see how they mesh with our team and, and where we want to plug and play those guys and, and what that looks like. I also am excited to see where some guys that were right on the cusp of really helping us last year, where their development's going to be after the summer. I think Zach Anderson's a kid who can really help us out, depending on what he's doing this summer. Um, and so, you know, I'm, I'm anxious to, to get them back. I'm, I'm trying not to um, think too much about what we're going to do, what we're going to run, who we're going to play, because I just don't know, you know. And that, it's a game you, you, can, you can almost overanalyze. They, you know, they call it what uh, paralysis by analysis. You know, it's one thing to, to overanalyze when – you have a group there, and you have film to watch. You got practice film to watch. You got some hard stats from from practice or workouts that you can really look at. It's completely different when you're just speculating. And so, at this point, you know it would be a ton of speculation. And we're excited to to know that we have a core group, like you said, who have had success in this league. And you know, it, it's it, it's pretty obvious what you want to do with guys like a Tyrell Carroll. 
Um, it's pretty obvious what you want to do to try to continue to help develop guys like Reese Glover and, and Tyree Martin. Um, you're excited about uh, what you're going to have in, in guys like Caleb Bennett, um, Jerron Thames, because you've seen that potential even with Caleb not being on the court and playing in a game, just being on scout team and being live, you see that. And the same thing with, with Jerron, having played in actual games, you, you see spurts of what he could be. And so those things are obvious, and you think about those things and how you're going to use those things and how you can continue to, to help put guys in positions to better use their weapons. Um, but I'm excited to see what the guys who maybe didn't play much last year are, are doing this summer and, and what they're going to bring back because there's a lot of potential on that bench that um, can help us a lot. And we saw that last year from the women's team when there were some players that didn't play a ton or were backups, and then all of a sudden they helped Coach Whitaker get to 21 wins last year but just because of they, they'd improved and they worked their tails off and, and got a lot better. And you're always going to see that from kids like that. You know, we've talked about um, a couple of your recruits. We've talked about Dalton before with you. I think we talked about Q. Um, let's talk a little bit about Justin Bubak, who, who you signed from Lincoln Christian. And um, I think this is an absolute – Wonderful get for you guys. I'm guessing you feel the same way. Long, athletic, can do a lot of different things. Very skilled player, isn't he? 100%, yeah. And, and I would say this, and, and I say this humbly, so I hope this isn't taken the wrong way, but I'd say that Justin Bubeck is is one of the, the biggest re- recruiting battles that we've won in this region. There's guys that we have signed that, that people didn't know about because they came from Tennessee or, you know, even Jerron from, from St. Louis, it was a little bit out of this region, even though it's in Missouri. Justin Bubeck was a guy that was highly touted by every single team in this league. Um, and we were able to come in late, and we had been recruiting him throughout the course of the season, but we didn't know what our roster was going to look like. We didn't know what our scholarships were going to look like. And so as soon as I got the job, he, he was like, a one on my list to try to make something happen in any way that we could. So we were able to kind of relight that flame a little bit, and for for us to be able to to get him and and what he can do and what what he can provide to this program is huge. And I do think there is something to be said about getting in battles with teams in this league. The top the top half of this. Well, he this told league. me the other teams that he was thinking about were Northwest Missouri State. Missouri Southern. There were others like UNK and Fort Hay State, but when you look at Northwest and Missouri Southern, the last four or five years, they've been it in the MIAA. And for you guys to win that battle, that is enormous from where this program was, not you guys, but this program was just three years ago. Well, I'll say this because I got an extra shot of espresso in my <laughs> coffee this morning, so I'll give some insider information out here. When, when Sonny got the job... And he called me and told me he wanted me to come up here. We in our first meeting, he said, "For us to to be a top team in this league, it's going to start with with one winning social media. We have to we have to get Missouri Western name out there. We have to, and we've done that. Kudos to to our players. Kudos to Sonny's. Kudos to our administration, this community. We've done that." Uh, our name is out there. Kudos to Ryan Minley and Griffin Athletics. Kudos to you. To, we have done that. People around the league, people around the country know who Missouri Western is, and a lot of that is because we pushed that, that platform on social media. The second thing that we said that we had to do is you got to win recruiting battles. And so now we're doing that. And, and the third prong approach to that, or, or the, the, the third prong to that, is winning. you got to win. you, you got to beat the top teams in the league. 
and we started doing that last year. Northwest is still a team that we haven't we haven't beaten, but we were able to get the Washburns, the Missouri Southerns. So being able to to start winning recruiting battles, that that is a systematic plan that we set two years ago, that is allowing us to etch our name as, as a top team in this conference, in this region. And now if we can start winning the games, which is the, the third approach, um, then we can be a top team in the country. Yeah, absolutely. Talk about Justin a little bit, just his skill set and how he will fit in with you. Because, again, he's, he's a guy that is he can dribble, shoot, pass. I mean, he's going to fit right in perfectly with in, in different spots too, isn't he? Yeah, he's a kid that – he developed so much from his junior to, to senior year. Um, and I, I guess I should say sophomore summer to junior summer because he was a kid that we, we recruited and that we liked a lot um, his, his sophomore summer going into his junior year. And then I remember watching him play um, last summer in an AAU tournament. And I said, who is that, who is that kid? And I went and I looked on my sheet and it said Justin Bubak. And I literally thought that they had – they had misprinted it. I didn't think that that was him because he had developed that much. He was already extremely skilled, but his body had changed. Mm-hmm. And he, he's become so much more explosive. And he, he comes from an athletic family. He's got football players and basketball players that have, have played at the D1 level and I think even some semi-pros. I, I could be wrong on that, but he comes from an extremely athletic yeah, family. So you look at his frame and you look at his build and then you add some explosiveness to that, which is what he did that, that junior summer going into his senior year. It's exciting because everything that you said, we, we already knew he had. We knew he was skilled. We knew he could pass it. We knew he could he could shoot it. But the fact that he has the body that he has now and he's as explosive as he is now, he's an extremely intelligent player. Mm-hmm. He has good feel. He has good feel for the game. So all all those things add up to to being a really really good player, and that's why every team in this league wanted him. Mm-hmm. And we're we're really lucky to have him. Uh, more so than that, his character is extremely high. He's a smart kid. Um, his family is a tremendous family of faith, and so those those are the type of kids that you want to bring into your program. Guys that the community, um, the school are going to be proud to to call true stewards of Griffin Athletics. Yeah. If you want to go back and hear my interview with him, it was really good and just kind of his he wasn't even thinking Missouri Western up until <laughs> about two months ago when it all kind of happened and then he's like, yep, I'm a Griff. So it's it's good stuff. So you can go to my Twitter and it's on there and where all of the uh, interviews are. But we're talking to Missouri Western men's basketball coach Will Martin. A couple other things I, I want to get with you on today. And, and one is you have really – Brett Easy said, pimp Coach Martin a little bit this morning because he's been able to get a lot of people to sign up for the Gold Coat Club right now. So he told me to, to really hit that hard. Talk about that and going out and, and actively trying to get people to join the Gold Coat Club because I had Brett on a couple weeks ago, and most people know it's it's the it's the booster club to, to fund Griffin Athletics. But for you to get out there and, and get over 20 by yourself, essentially – You've been you've been working your tail off, haven't you? Well, shout out to to Brett Easley. He knows that we have an, a department full of head coaches that are extremely competitive. So he's created. Are you this, winning right now? He's, well, <laughs> so I think that I'm now winning in new members. But he's created. I mean, you would think that you went went to Vegas and and he has all these parlays set up for for our head coaches to see if you can <laughs> can can win. But uh, no, he. It's been it's been great and exciting. It's part of the surge of becoming a first time head coach. 
to be quite honest with you. Um, I have so many family members and friends who want to get involved with Griffin Athletics because this is my, my first opportunity. And um, I, I've been overwhelmed and, and humbled by calls, whether people want to donate 50 bucks or a thousand bucks, you know, and I, I've been reached out um, to by people that I hadn't talked to in three or four years who were just like, hey, I'm so excited for you. I remember how hard you were working at Tulsa or Kentucky or people back home that I knew in high school that said, you know, I remember you talking in high school, wanting to be a head basketball coach at the college level one day. What can I do to, to help you out? So being able to to use that platform to, to help Griffin Athletics is is something that's truly humbling for me because, you know, us in men's basketball, we know that for, for us to be successful, the department has to be successful. So, you know, I told easily any money that, that, that comes in for us, you can get things earmarked for your specific sport. I said, whatever the athletics department needs, use our money for that because we're, we're in full support of making this department better, making this college better, making this community better because in return, that's, that's how we're fed. Mm-hmm. When the team eats, everybody eats. Absolutely, no doubt, and it's been it's been awesome to, to see the, the the culture not just with your program but the whole athletic department. I think has changed over the last three or four years, and it's been fun to see. All right, I want to end with this, and this is something that I think some people are afraid to talk about, and that's some of the social issues going on right now, and and obviously George Floyd getting murdered a couple weeks ago. Um, I know it hit hard with a lot of people. It hit hard with you, and, and that being the head of a program now. With players that are black, white, they're from Europe, I mean, from just different areas of the country, of the world, different socioeconomic backgrounds, ethnicities. I mean, it's, you, have, you have a melting pot just within your, your, your basketball team. Talk about kind of what you've done with your club as, as far as to talk to them about this and how they responded, some of the things that you've done. Well, we met immediately, um, and it was something that, you know, I think of – four A's off the top of my head. We wanted to accept what was going on, step out of denial, not just accept each other, but accept inequality, injustice, and racism that is going on in our country. We wanted to acknowledge it as a team. We didn't want to be silent anymore. Um, We wanted to address it, uh, not just as a team, but like I said, publicly. And uh, we wanted to take action. And, you know, I've... (laughs) It's a tough conversation, uh, not just with your team, but in general. I've, I've, I've tried to open myself up to to be on as many panels as possible. In, in just the last seventy-two hours, I've been on probably four or five open panels, um, just so that I can learn more, so I can sit back and listen. And you know, in every single conversation, it's always led with people saying, "I don't have all the answers." You know, and that's how we led our meeting with our team was, listen, we don't have the answers right now, but we want to be part of a solution. And what I truly believe in, you know, I, I'm not afraid to, to speak out on this, is that what I do know is that one of the problems is silence. And we don't want to be silent anymore. As a staff, as a team, like you said, we have we represent three different countries different ethnicities, all types of different socioeconomic backgrounds. And if you walk into our locker room, what you see is love and liberty and equality. 
that's not represented in society right now. And what I told our guys is we have to be aware that we have something special in our locker room that's not represented by society, but that doesn't mean that society can't represent that. We, we can be the light. We can mimic that. We can be the ones that tried to promote that change by letting others know what we're doing, refusing to be silent, showing, showing the world that we love each other, that we can sit and we can talk, we can feel for each other, even if we don't have true empathy for, for the other person. We can sit and we can feel for that person. So, you know, it's a conversation that, that, that must continue to happen. Um, one conversation is not going to be enough. I, I told our team we're going we're gonna to meet weekly on this. We'll meet monthly on this. We'll meet as many times as we have to. Uh, it has to be open. People have to feel like their voice will be heard because there's a, lot of a there's a lot of feelings associated with what's going on. There's fear, there's anger, there's ignorance. And the, the only way for, for our kids to be, to, to be fully educated is, is to have an open and safe space to feel like they can talk and communicate with each other. And so that's what we're trying to create within our team is that safe space. When you look at it from a, from a bigger perspective, you know, what I've been learning on a lot of these panels is the importance of educating our young people on voting. And I'm not getting political here. I mean, it is political, but I'm learning that I have to do a better job as a head coach of bringing people in from the left, from the right, whatever, to come talk to our guys so that they know what legislation, what policies look like, what voting looks like, what it means to, to put somebody into office, what they stand for, what they represent, that, that is the entry level to trying to solve some of the problems that we have right now. And to be able to exert that voice is to exert the freedom and your, your free will to, to vote in a democratic system. And a lot of young people aren't educated on that, black, white, whatever. So that's something that I have to do a better job of as a head coach is, is finding ways, finding literature, um, bringing people in again, like I said, from the left and the right um, and, and neutral to come in and, and, and talk to our guys about, you know, what it means to vote and to, to really um, use your First Amendment right in a way that is loving and peaceful. And, you know, we told our guys we want them to, to speak out and to use their voice, but I use the MLK quote, you can't solve hate with hate, you can't cure evil with evil. And, and so trying to, again, bring other people in out, outside of our team, outside of this community, who can show our guys, hey, this is what that looks like. Here's what you're feeling. Here's what you're thinking. This is a way that you can promote positive change in a way that is loving and caring. And, and one thing that our guys have done since we met is use the hashtag stand for something. And so for us, what do we stand for? We stand for love, we stand for peace, we stand for equality, and, and so that's what we want to push right now. We know that we don't have all the answers, we know that we're not going to solve issues overnight, but we're going to acknowledge it, we're going to accept it, we're not going to be in denial, and then we're going to try to promote change in whatever way that we can, and 
we're going to do it in a way that, that is loving and peaceful. Well said, because it, it is, you mentioned at one point that it is, this is a pandemic. I've been around sports my entire life. I played at the D1 level. I've had teammates from all over the world, all different backgrounds. It is a problem. I've seen it. It's a problem. People need to change, step up, and, and as you said, make your voice heard. Don't, don't be quiet anymore. And, and, and do something about this. So, and you well know, said. W- one thing that, that I've been educated on, too, uh, and anything I'm saying in regards to this conversation is it, it's humbling even to, to be able to speak on it. But like I said, what I've tried to do is, is listen more than I, I've talked. And what I've learned is that anyone in humanity has a right and a voice to speak on this subject, this issue, because at the end of the day, it is about humanity. And there's a lot of people who feel like they can't speak out because maybe they don't have that empathy. Maybe, maybe I don't understand what someone else has been through. But we as human beings can all agree that there's no room for, for hate or injustice. So if you can believe in that, if you can believe that hate should not be allowed in this country, oppression shouldn't be allowed in this country, that liberty should be given to everyone, regardless of their gender, their race, or any other, any other reason than their character and their humanity, then you, you, you have a voice, and you should use it. And, you know, I worry that one of the issues that we face right now is that there's a lot of extremely educated, good-hearted people that feel like they they can't speak out or that they shouldn't speak out. And I I feel like, and I'm trying to be extremely careful with my words, Dave, because you know that this is a sensitive subject, obviously. I feel like we're getting to a point in our society that silence puts you on the side of the oppressor. It, it's, it's no longer good enough to just be able to sit back and say, well, I'm not racist. I don't oppress other people. I don't have hate in my heart. But I'm going to sit back while others are suffering. We talk about shared suffering and shared sacrifices on our team all the time. Unfortunately, there's a lot of suffering going on that's, that's not shared. And so to sit back and watch it happen without speaking out, you're almost condoning it. And that's not an indictment on anyone. That's not judgment towards anyone. I just hope that, that if anyone listening hears that, that wants to speak out and feels like they have that, that bubbling feeling in their spirit, and they're like, I just can't. Like, I, I don't know if I should. Yes, you should. Yes, you can. Yes, it's needed. Yes, you're loved. Yes, people, people need to know that you stand with them. You don't have to say the right thing. You don't have to say the perfect thing. But people need to know that you stand with them and that you love them. Just like you would in a locker room with your teammates. Your teammates need to know that you stand with them and that you love them. And that you're willing to fight for them if, if that's what it takes. In a peaceful way. And, and so I, I think that that's where we're at. I don't have the answers. I've said that 20 million times. But I, I think that we, we have to get away from the, the silencing because that's only condoning and that's only 
helping to perpetuate perpetrate the problem. Good stuff. Thanks, my man. I appreciate your time today. Always. As Will Martin, the head basketball coach of the Missouri Western Men.